With us today is Lisa Headley, the founder and creator of the Mayflower Spa. This is Lisa Headley's strategies for dealing with stress. Okay, make it good. How are you? Uh, I'm <laughs> make it good. <laughs> it always is. Everything's good. Everything's good. It's all good. However, I have spent the last week contemplating, for various reasons, the idea of impermanence and the role that that plays in in us getting more stressed out. That's the subject of our weekly chats. But I was, um, what would happen was I was sitting someplace, public, uh, waiting for, in the doctor's office actually, waiting for an appointment, and this person said to another person who didn't apparently know each other very well or at all, I'm not quite sure if they were perfect strangers or what, we were all sitting there waiting, um, so you know that exercise reduces stress. And the other person kind of said, yeah, do I look stressed? And this other person said, well, yes, actually, you do. <laughs> and I, I was, you know, of course, I looked up because, of course, that's our subject. And I thought, wow, where is this conversation going? And as I say, I don't think these people actually knew each other at all. And if they did, they certainly were not intimately acquainted. So <laughs> the other person says, well, I'm just, you know, I'm just so worried because I love this time of year so much. And then it turns so quickly into summer, and I hate the summer. It's too hot for me. So a whole conversation, which I won't relate to you, ensued because it was really kind of fascinating. Well, how tempting was it? See, this is where I fail because I... You would have butted in. Yes, I have the score. I'm the, you know, the nightmare, the scourge of of my family because, you know, there's only a a point up to which I can take it. No, but I'll tell you why. Here's why I didn't. A lot of times I would. But the person who was the receiver of the you look stressed was in fact such a chatty Kathy that once this person for whatever reason unwittingly opened the door she didn't stop talking for the <laughs> 20 or so minutes and I thought if I start talking to this person she will never stop talking I'll be here for the rest of the week yeah so I just anyway whatever it was it just stopped me and I listened and it, then I went upstairs it was a dentist actually and I went upstairs and you know, then I was waiting and waiting and waiting so I was thinking and it got me to started me thinking, and I've been thinking all week about this concept of this too shall pass, this sense of impermanence which permeates our lives. And I remember a pediatrician telling me that about my son's, uh, one of my, an issue my son was having when he was a baby. Um, and he said, no worries, this too shall pass. He said, in fact, remember that because of the good, the bad, the ugly, all of it goes sooner or later than you would like it to. And that's always stuck with me. And so I was thinking about it just in the context of this person who was stressed out because of impermanence. The thing that gave her pleasure, spring, cool but warm enough to be pleasant, weather, was going to give rise to, in fact, her unhappiness and her stress. So the very best of things gives rise to the very worst of things, which is that concept of balance that we're always talking about. And then I was thinking, ah, better to have loved and lost than never to have loved at all. You know, it's that concept. Well, wouldn't you rather have the highs and suffer the lows than just have this monotone existence? So, you know, this is the area I've been thinking in and thinking of it in terms of how the only way to combat it, there's two ways to combat it, really, as far as, you know, when we start to get to, when you will ask me the inevitable question, which is, well, how do people work with this, is number one, just be a really good observer of what's going on with you. And as long as you sort of digest every stage of where you are, 
meaning I'm enjoying this so much and really enjoy it. Don't worry at the time of enjoyment about how it's going to go away. Well, okay, so this is this is one of my favorite uh, things because I have noticed that there are two things that humans do very easily, understandably, and one is anticipatory suffering mm-hmm. and one is... Um, I, I can never say that as clearly as anticipatory. So we'll just call it anticipatory or prophylactic suffering. Mm-hmm. And it oh, is... Those are different things to me, though. Yes, they are. Mm. They, yeah, yes, they are. And also, you know, cause and effect. Yeah, no yeah, doubt. But, but I'm doing prophecy time. So. Exactly. Mm. But you can take something like, oh, I love spring, but it's going to be gone, so therefore I can't. It is so... Once you get habituated to that shortcut... Mm-hmm. You can take something that gives you great pleasure. And immediately turn it into crap. Immediately. I mean, right. without pass and go, without collecting $200. Mm-hmm. Bingo. Right. And then it's just, you know, trying to um, persuade, quote, quote, someone to unwind that is like asking them to give up their blanket. Right. Well, because sometimes it is. I mean, sometimes you know, we all know people who just, they like their suffering more than anything because they're used to it. They're, it's their right. habit. And you know, you've got to show people that they can also have fun in a good place, like a non-Eeyore, non-gloomy place can also be a good place. If it is a good morning, which I doubt, was one of my favorite exactly. Eeyores. I love that, <laughs> I which I doubt. Oh, my gosh. It's true, but, you know, this concept of um, prophylactic suffering, that's just the worst, because then what you're really doing is suffering to suffer. And and that's that's just I'm not even sure if that's a place of stress or that's just a place of insanity because you, there's no winning there's no getting out of that Eeyore dump. But um, the only the only ways that I know to start thinking about this are to just sort of contemplate, think about what is you know, everything's impermanent. Think about impermanence generally as a concept, and just remember that since everything's impermanent. Find the best parts of every single thing where you are. We are so bad, and this phrase has gotten so cliche, but we are so bad at living in the present that we miss all kinds of pleasures. We also miss signs and symptoms of illness, of all sorts of things, because we just don't live in the present and pay attention to the signs that are being shown to us all the time. So there you go. This too shall pass. Just have to remember those words. This too shall pass. But the good things pass as quickly as the bad things, and that's another good thing to remember. Yes. <laughs> when it's... something really crappy is happening to you, this too shall pass. So don't hang on to it by giving it more energy than it deserves. Right. And I just think that, again, habit and patterns wire people to hold on to the yucky stuff mm-hmm. and completely miss good stuff all the time and all the time you know and after a while it's out of balance before anybody's had a chance to you it seems to me and that in a lot of cases you only know that it's out of balance after it's out of balance you well, know, I think that's right because the way that something the, the evidence of something being out of balance is dis-ease is illness is problem manifested. So the only way to short-circuit that ultimate result, which is, can be as simple as, you know, 
bad digestion, but it can also be as serious as cancers and heart attacks. The only way is to start to pay more attention to what it feels like when you're in balance, what it feels like when you're out of balance. You know, that exercise that, um, I don't know, we used to do it in grade school, and now people teach it in all kinds of classes where you stand on your two feet, right, and feel, try and feel all the edges of your feet on the ground. Then lean forwards to the top of your toes and lean backwards towards your heel and keep doing that less and less exa- in a less exaggerated manner until you find balance on your feet. That is the analogy for what we're talking about here. We're saying, okay, so challenge yourself to the one side. Challenge yourself to the other so that you can start to feel like what feels imbalanced to you and what feels like imbalance to you. And then you can practice trying to stay in balance. And then once you've got that part going, then you can start to play with it. Then you can say, ooh, but you know what? Sometimes I want to stand on my toes. So you get to do that because you know what it takes to counterbalance it and come back into balance. But there's the practice. Am I being too abstract? But No, you're not. I'm trying to be very clear because this is the perfect analogy for what one has to do in one's life all the time if you want to have a well-rounded life. You see, I hear people say all the time, but gee, that's no fun. Then I can't eat anything. I can't eat my pizza and I can't have my wine and I can't, and I say nonsense nonsense. What you have to do is get very good at understanding what those little pleasures, those simple pleasures do for you. And of course, anything in excess is out of the question, right? Everything in moderation, but moderation itself. You, you have to know where your balance is, know what feels good to you, know how your body feels good and is running most, most smoothly. Your body and your mind, you know? Your mind gets out of whack and you get aggravated easily. I found myself in the last couple of weeks, just suddenly every noise in New York was aggravating me. Everything was aggravating me. And I had to stop and say, okay, what is that about? That's a state of imbalance. That's aggravation. And I just wanted to bring it back, but I know where my back is. I know because I've paid a lot of attention to it in the last years, what feels good and balanced to me. So when I feel it out of balance, I, I, I know what the counterbalance is so that I can bring myself back into balance. Because you can't get to that middle good place without doing sort of the opposite. You know, like increases like, and the opposite can often balance it out. But the only way to get back to the center is to know what those two extremes are. And then, as I say, you can play with it. You can walk around on your toes for a week. But then you better walk around on your heels or your feet are going to get crampy and you're not going to be able to walk. So. Right. But what, it's, it's, there's an old lie. You know, it, it's... it's it's overused. Talk about an overused cliche now. Walking it back. Um, it's a good one, though. <laughs> I know, but um, it is sometimes very difficult. It's like once you recognize that it's you're out of balance, getting it back to where it is that you can cope with that out of balance, mm-hmm. you know, and get getting yourself back to the middle is somewhat uh, challenging. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, but those. That's why one has to practice this stuff. You have to pay attention to this stuff in a real concerted way so that when you just want to live life and you don't want to feel constricted all the time, I mean, one of the most beautiful things that happens after you really focus for a while is then you get to be on autopilot every once in a while. I mean, I'm not always focused on whether I'm feeling good or feeling bad or what is this food right for me? Is that food right for me? I'm I'm not focused on that a lot anymore because, although I was at first, when I was first learning these skills, 
But now that I know them, it's like driving a stick shift. You know, I'm not. I'm no longer focused on how the heck am I getting this from first gear to second, and when do I shift, and why do I shift, and what am I doing? I practice that enough that now I drive a stick shift, and it's second nature to me. I can do twelve other things at the same time. Right. So that's the same way we have to perceive ourselves in relation to our health and our place in day-to-day life. Very, very important. And I, it's so interesting. Oh, I, I just have to digress a second. I had this exquisite thing happen. Other than sitting in the dentist office and listening to this Looney Tunes pair talk, I, um, somebody I know got in a minor fender bender, and their kid. And the kid had backed into somebody very gently and not really done much damage to the person's car, but still backed into their car. And the person whose car had gotten backed into was a mom and had a kid almost the same age as this kid who was about to get their license. And so she said to my friend's son, um, you know, there's no reason for us to call the insurance company because you really didn't do any damage to my car. In fact, your car looks worse. But, you know, pass this on. Pass on the fact that we're not, I'm not going to make a big deal about this. And my friend called this woman afterwards and said, so, you know, thank you. That was very nice of you. And are you sure that you don't want any compensation for the car? Blah, blah, blah. And the woman said, no, 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 my son's about to get his license, and I hope that this is the worst kind of accident either of them ever gets into. And you know what? Just take that goodwill and move it along. <laughs> I thought, Ooh, what a Zen thing to do. And it just made me relax, and it made me feel happy for the rest of the day when I heard that story. Because I thought, wow, sometimes people, you know, I don't know what that woman did. I, I didn't, I don't know what her story was, but somehow she'd reached a point in her life where she, she just knew that in the scheme of things, this wasn't a big deal, and that a better lesson could be learned by passing on goodwill than by creating a situation. Right, and you've got to be pretty centered to be able to do that. Yeah, because yeah, you know, which is why this is apropos. Because yeah. if you are not, you know, that then becomes the focal point for all of the other extraneous irritations. Like, oh, oh good, totally. now, and now, oh, and now, I mean, yeah, because likewise, I had an experience in the health food store, no less, <laughs> where I always think it's the hospital for sinners, not the hotel for saints. You know, um, I wa- I'm standing in front of the vegetable section, and these two people were sort of in front of me, and the one viciously said to the other, I don't need to clean my glasses. You need to get manners. And the other one turned around to her and said, uh, so sorry. And it was just the nastiest little minute that I was caught in the middle of right. without really... And then the, the nasty woman walked away, the nastier woman walked away, and I, I kind of looked at the woman who had been assaulted and just made, you know, widened my eyes. I didn't know what to say, and I just wanted out of that situation. It was kind of like somebody, like a bird had pooped on my head, you know. I felt like, <laughs> why did I have to receive that? She said, yeah, she totally walked right into me, didn't apologize, and I said, excuse me, you bumped into me, and that was the result. I thought, well, that's the exact opposite of the car story. You know, th- these are people who, who knows why they were both so aggravated, but a little teeny, I mean, you know, nobody was hurt. It was, they literally bumped into each other at the vegetable section. I know. It, yes, and it could have. And, and you, can, you can always, it, isn't there, there was a book, Alexander's Not Good, Something Very oh, Bad, so Horrible. Book, very, very Horrible Day. Yeah, Very Horrible, Very horrible, Bad very Day. Horrible. And sometimes when I am having a very horrible, <laughs> Jill's very horrible, mm-hmm. um, there is some humor or aeration with an A-E-R um, of saying... I keep spelling it. What? 
Thank you for spelling it. <laughs> I do that because sometimes people... I know. All right. Um, Ian say, you know, this is just so horribly annoying. And, you know, wouldn't I just love to, you know, strangle my modeling clay, Mr. Bill Dahl? Right. And, and you should. And you should. And, and that is okay. And in fact, it helps sometimes. Um, I got into a couple of things this week, un- unbidden, uninvited, where um, I was left on hold for just vast swaths of time <laughs> while people were trying to sort things out that simply should not have been a problem to begin with. Mm-hmm. Um, I found something online. I put I, you know, I, I called the person. I said, is it true that this is really so inexpensive? You know, I'll take 20 of them. Is that okay? Absolutely. So her computer crashed. She couldn't put the order in. She transferred me to somebody else. I ended up putting the order in. Okay. 24 hours, I get this. Me- and I'm on my way out the door, and I get this message uh, from these people that want to confirm my order. And... I can't tell you. I, it was probably seven minutes. Your your call is very important to us. Mm. We will be there, you know, imminently. Mm. And I did want the. I, 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 it it was a com. Anyway, finally the guy gets on the phone and he says, "Oh yeah, we're just checking internet orders. Um, need verification." Mm-hmm. I said, "Well, that's great, you know, and and I totally appreciate that." I said, "There's only one thing." And I said, you know, you're going to get further faster with your customers if you don't wait, make, make them wait 15 minutes to just confirm that they've put in an order. And he went back to, well, Internet orders are. And I said, okay, but I didn't put this in on the Internet. <laughs> I spoke to somebody. And that finally, he said, you know, that's not supposed to happen. I was like, great. You know, that's all I wanted to say to you was there's probably a more efficient way to do this. I'm happy to be a customer, but could we find the efficiency? No, because he's not in a position to find the efficiency. He's just the guy taking the orders. No, he was actually the guy in customer service who was responsible for finding out whether the orders were taken properly. Okay, well, even one step further, removed. But I, but but getting, but getting it into the, I, I guess what I'm trying to say is cracking the. Well, you know, we always do this. It's like, yes, it's fine. I'm not objecting to you always doing this. Um, but, but, but. Well. You know, there's a lot of it. Welcome to the world. No, Marshall got home last night from a day literally on the road. But but again, talk about juxtaposition. It was a very long day yesterday. And last week, as you know, we had to tape at a different time because he was driving to Washington where he broadcast and then drove back. But that was absolutely um, trumped by our our man in Jaisalmer who had to go to Delhi. And it's 21 hours each way by train. Uh, can you imagine the train, too? Exactly. <laughs> that's, that, that, that. So suddenly you felt like, hmm. Well, no, I just, I, I just couldn't resist saying yes, but you were in your car alone. You know, right. you could stop but whatever I mean, you want, air-conditioned. A perfectly civilized place. <laughs> right. You didn't have to share it with 100 oh people in a God. compartment for 40. And as our... As as he said it, it was just absolutely lovely. You know, he said, of course, I had a seat, but a 70-year-old woman, you know, standing there for 21 hours was not good karma. So, you know, of course, I, I had to give it up. Oh, it, it was done. It was done without, you, you know, he gave it up because that's the 
right thing to do. Yeah, because it was the right thing to do. Not because he didn't give it up. And that's why I mention this right now. You know, once he decided to give it up, he gave it up. You know, he let go. Now, that is not something Americans do very well. Well, but that's exactly what we're talking about. That's why. Impermanent. Right. It's, it's just let it go. Surrender to it. Everything is going to pass, including you, <laughs> including your life. So you can choose to spend it one way. You can choose to spend it another. But path of least resistance seems to me to be the best way to go. And there's that. a lot of power in deciding. You know, the, the, I, I guess what I want to say is it's that, that in choosing to let something go. There's a ton of power in that. That's not, you know, an act of rolling over. and That definitely comes back to you if you can do that. So if anybody listening, you know, if if there's something that you can let go, in fact, you're doing something really... Especially when it's a negative thing, because what you're doing by holding on to it is putting an awful lot of energy and attention into it. And that's where we all get stuck. We just rail against things and the more you rail the more you're stuck in it the more you can say okay i've tried i tried to get what i wanted out of this it's not working let it go then you move on you know as maria and the sound of music said when the door closes the window opens and you're That's just, right. you just have to continue to live your life that way otherwise you but, do get stuck actually it was the mother superior who said but, that well thank you but somebody said it yeah you're <laughs> actually right Somebody said it, and it was an awfully good thing. It's yeah. actually in the Bible somewhere. But. It, it is. Yeah, you know, the, 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 the door closes and uh, the uh-huh. Lord opens the window. But exactly. the point is, that is true. It is true. It's just true. And the world has all these impermanences, which are some longer and some shorter in terms of cycles and others. And you just have to learn ways to accept that and move on. I mean, I, I watch my daughter who gets so attached. She's five. She's turned six. So attached to like a her toy or, or a thing. And God help me, I should try and move it or change it or whatever. And then a week later, she's on to another thing that she's equally, absolutely passionately attached to. And the kids are just able to do that better. And they're more resilient about it. They've got sort of more padding, about emotional padding too, about it than we do. We tend to I guess as we get older, we get sort of drier about things. We get mm-hmm. more set, more hard, and, and that's just true. So we've got, it's back to that flexibility thing we're always talking about. Um, you know, just finding ways in your world, in your day-to-day world, to just go, oh, okay. I do, like I did last week, I live in the city. It's very noisy. I can't change that. So being aggravated about it is going to do nobody any good, unless I want to go, you know, put earplugs in and sit in a dark room in my apartment like the bathroom or something, which obviously I wasn't going to do. So I had to, like, switch gears, find an alternate way to get there, and just know that that's not my permanent state of being. I am not, usually I enjoy the city. I'm not permanently feeling exacerbated by it. Mm -hmm. So that was the first step to me feeling better about it, was just to say, ah, let it go. Surrender to it, and don't be aggravated. So, Right, and... You know, some people let it go works for other people. It's just, you, you know, acknowledging that it's aggravating. Which and then, is what I did. Yeah. Uh, no, I totally understand. I'm yeah. just I'm just saying some people here let it go. And well, they, that's how I let it go. Let me be really clear about it. I that's exactly right. For the most part, one has to acknowledge it to let it go because it's back to that concept that we talk about a lot of digesting it. Right. You can't leave it unresolved. If it's unresolved, then it's just you've shoved it in the back of a box and it's going to be there to haunt you. You can't really do that Boo. successfully. 
Yeah, it'll come back and hit you over the head. No, you're absolutely right. So. All right. Guess what? Huh? I can only imagine. Thank you so very much. <laughs> this has been Lisa Headley, the founder and creator of the Mayflower Spa, Lisa Headley's Strategies for Dealing with Stress. <laughs>